Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, this is Billie Jean King. This is Marion Bartoli. I'm Mats Villander. This is Mary Carrillo. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. This is Yannick Noah, and you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Well, I'm presenting tonight because Catherine's just had a bit of a day, a bit of an exciting day, and uh, so has got her feet up at the moment in the very chair that, ooh, 20 minutes earlier, Billie Jean, actual king, was sitting in whilst we watched the football. That's not a sentence I expected <laughs> to be saying in my lifetime, Catherine. With Billie Jean, actual dog, on her knee. <laughs> it happened, yeah. It's um, it's hard to process, but yes. it was lovely. Have you enjoyed it, Matt? I mean, <laughs> that is the most ridiculous question I've ever been asked. <laughs> this might have been, well, was, I think, the greatest evening of my life. <laughs> Billie Jean King came round for a curry to watch the football. <laughs> Amazing with uh, with Alana and uh, oh, it's just the best fun. And we've just spent two hours just watching England win four nil in the Euros to go into the semi-finals after a day of Wimbledon, and we've done it in the company of Billie Jean King, uh, which is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about some tennis, and we'll tell you one or two things that Billie Jean told us about what went on today as well in the process because it's been quite a day and. I'm going to start the day by talking about young Emma Raducanu, um, 18 years of age, from Great Britain. Before the tournament, I, I knew all about her in terms of who she was and that she's a very bright talent. And, and I'd spoken probably several years ago to Nigel Sears about her when she was, I think, probably only about 14, and he, he was working with her as a junior. One or two days a week during her school holidays and things like that and uh, and 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 out and during school as well and, and he told me what a talent he thought she was but when you get a breakout moment and we had the same thing okay uh, 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 three years younger with Coco Goff two years ago I don't know I it I wasn't prepared for this at all and she got a wild card into this tournament very late on. She basically wasn't on the wild card list, and then they decided to give her one after the after the event at the last minute because she, I think, had a good result against Tamea Babosh, didn't she? Not yeah, she got her wild card upgraded from a qualifying wild card to a main draw wild card because there were a few spots untaken, and they were 
they were looking for likely contenders and she did enough to prove herself worthy. Um, and that looks like quite a good decision now, doesn't it? It's, yeah, I mean, it, it would almost have been less surprising to me if this had happened a couple of years ago. Two years ago, I was hearing, hearing the name Emma Raducanu a lot, just around British tennis. Her name was the one that always came up when when you inquired about genuine prospects for the future and then it all went quiet and I know that coincided with a pandemic <laughs> so the world went a bit quiet in in some respects but you know I heard some rumblings about the fact that she was focusing on her studies and maybe that was not a great decision you know that as as much as it might be a sort of pragmatic decision if you really want to make it, you can't afford to be pragmatic in that regard. But um, she's still only 18. Um, and certainly Billie Jean King thought that was a good decision. She said her parents always put the emphasis on on education. And yeah, suddenly she just popped back up into into my consciousness. Anyway, um, so it's a very... I'm both really surprised and sort of not surprised all at the same time, if that if that makes sense. But yeah. but it's the first time I've properly watched her play. I think I, ca- I caught a little bit of her in US Open Juniors um, t- two, two and a half years ago. But this is the, the first time I've really sat down and watched her. And she's she's a great watch. It's, it's easy on the eye, tennis. It's really aesthetically pleasing tennis. It's great to watch. Why? What? Maybe you can help us with this a bit. Why is she so good to watch? If people haven't seen her, I mean, I was getting texts from my wife, from my mother, from my daughter, all just raving about her. But I mean, from somebody who's watched a lot of tennis, what's what's special? Well, listeners to this podcast will know I like a good backhand, and I also like to think I know a good backhand when I see one. And Emma Raducanu's backhand is a dream. I mean, Billie Jean King says, that backhand, that backhand. (laughs) Um, It's not just the backhand, that's the shot which stands out. She hit so many winners off that today. I think the other thing which impressed me most was how much she appeared to love the stage. And that stage was caught one today. And look, I don't particularly enjoy the narrative around players sometimes when it's often said by a male commentator about female players why aren't they smiling i i absolutely hate that when that gets said but i think it's okay to comment on the fact that raducanu appeared to be loving every single moment of this she was smiling after hitting her winners and I just think you know sometimes what you're looking for is something that isn't tangible with these players and with her it seemed to be an appreciation for the stage she was on and an ability to rise to that occasion look she she started the match well and was a breakdown but I thought, well, she's, I mean, she's playing well here. And then suddenly she had a surge like she had against Vondrosheva a few days ago. And I think 
I think today she won seven or eight games in a row in the middle portion of the match, and she sort of showed just how dominant her tennis can be. It's powerful tennis. It's great shot making. There's so many winners. And then in the second set, she showed that she can be match tough as well because there were some really long games. One in particular, I think, had nine or ten deuces, which she actually lost. And then she came out the next game and, and held her serve. So she seemed to really understand the dynamics of a match and how to compete. She kind of just showed everything today and the court one crowd absolutely loved her it was it was a real moment you know a real hello you know kind of hello world kind of moment from her today I think it was it was amazing to watch I try to be a little cautious these days having got carried away so many times over the years Um, but I feel reassured that I'm allowed to get carried away because of how much Billie Jean King was getting carried away in this very room an hour or so ago, talking about Emma Raducanu as somebody that she puts up alongside Coco Goff as a rival for the future at the top end of the game. I'm not getting that wrong, am I, Catherine? That's what she said. That's what she believes. Yeah, (laughs) it would seem so. Um, and look, I look at her game and I think I can't really see any weaknesses, but that's that's my eye. Um, and you know, see what we said about Jack Draper a few days ago. You know, the big the big test is going to be dropping down. It, it's okay. It's it's brilliant to have the taste for the big stage, um, but having that in tandem with the grit to perform on what's quite often the opposite of a big stage. That is a quite unique combination. Um, I've got no reason to question that she has it. I just haven't seen proof that she has that yet. As far as I can tell, she's competition-wise, she's extremely inexperienced. As I said, she's been, she's been focusing on her studies the past, the past year or two. So, um, yeah, the, of course it all comes with caveats, but... It sounds like she's got some pretty rare traits. It sounds like she's got some things that, you know, the greats, Billie Jean King, for example, don't see that often or certainly don't see in combination yeah, that often. That, that, that's it, what, what she was getting at, And it's isn't so it? striking, isn't it, that they just, the conviction they have when they see it. They it, just know when they're seeing it. it, it it's, it's incredible. Billie Jean King was incredibly impressed with Raducanu's mentality. And, you know, she was on the BBC earlier, Billie Jean King, talking about how Raducanu has a point-by-point approach. And, you know, I think that can sometimes sound like a total cliché to us as onlookers and novices and people who don't play the sport. But for someone aged 18 to have that, mentality and that idea that kind of every point she plays is is her last I think that's special and I mm. think Billie Jean King and others I know Tracy Austin was was commentating that match for BBC TV today and she said I've never seen her play before this tournament and she, she was impressed and she's someone who knows about 
you know making your breakthrough as 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 a teenager um i think you know often often hype can build around a player but sometimes it's difficult to identify why someone is having great results they're just having great results and you therefore think oh well they're going to be the next big thing but greats of the game seem to specifically notice things with Raducanu that separate her from other players and so exciting Mm. well she beat Serona Castella today who is a very experienced hard-working opponent who just did not give it to her at all she pushed her and and I really like watching Castell I loved and I love how sporting she is afterwards as mm. well I mean she could just rock up on Monday to to play the uh, fourth round match against Ida Tremlanovic because they did look identical on the court today <laughs> it's possible that no one will notice yes the two players they they you're, you're right it, you did have to look very closely to understand who was hitting the ball out of the two of them same kit um, same sponsor visor dark hair in identical uh, plaits yes well my experience of the match uh, i've only just seen a few highlights just now and the, my experience of the match as it was going on was being absorbed whilst commentating for bbc tv on uh, coco goff against kaya yuvan and so i had a tiny little picture of the <laughs> relicano match up in the the commentary box at the same time as well plus I'd got Dan Evans messaging saying Raducanu will win today at the start of the match. Then when she got a break, he he repeats that with dot, dot, dot. And then he does it again <laughs> half an hour later when she's won the first. And I can't reply to any of this. I'm commentating on another match. Um, and then at the end, he goes, there you go. <laughs> so... Afterwards, I did dial a Dan to find out what he thinks of her and why he was so convinced that she would win. This is what he had to say. She's very good. She was one of the best at the Battle of the Brits. And so she's got, yeah, she's, and she wins. She wins her next match as well. Tommy Alevich isn't, isn't beating Radicano, I don't think. See? He's on board with this now. He's a proper tennis podcast contributor. He's going on the record with takes and predictions. <laughs> Unsolicited ones. Yeah, Unsolicited. I didn't even ask for that. But with a lot more gravitas. Yes. Um, uh, it's interesting though, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, if I get to go first with predictions on Monday, I'll just be copying Dyla Dan Evans. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? Well, we'll hear, we'll hear a bit more from him a bit later about um, his his thoughts on yesterday and the match he had, um, etc. But just on Tom Lianovich, she had a bit of a day today, didn't she? <laughs> <laughs> what went on with Isla Tom Lianovich against Yelena Ostapenko? Well, full disclosure, Matt and I did not tune into this until we were alerted to the occurrence of aggro. <laughs> yes. And then it drew our full attention. <laughs> you had three screens on it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, people on all social media platforms were urgently alerting us to yeah. unfolding aggro. Yeah. I, like a pager. <laughs> I want yeah. to thank Tennis Podcast listeners because they know how much we love <laughs> yeah. aggro. And I've always it thought, really like, didn't disappoint. I've always thought an app which tells you when a match is in a final set tie break would be useful and an app which tells you when there's aggro happening in a match yep. would be useful. Turns out just Tennis Podcast listeners will do that for you. So thanks to them. <laughs> um, so we tune in and it's um, 
in a deciding set between Yelena Ostapenko and Ayla Tomljanovic. And Yelena Ostapenko has just conceded a double break to go down, I think, for love mm-hmm. in the deciding set. And she calls the trainer. Now, I don't know if she... I, I, I don't. We hadn't watched a point before that stage, so I cannot vouch or otherwise for the validity of this trainer calling. But I can tell you what Ila Tomlanovic's take on the trainer calling was, which was, you know she's lying, right? <laughs> <laughs> she said she said to the umpire, Are you taking into any consideration that she looks fine? <laughs> <laughs> And by this point, Elena Ostapenko has stomped to the chair and just sat down and said, I'm not playing. I'm not playing. I'm not playing. You've got to get me the trainer. <laughs> she said, it's an abdominal injury. You can't see. <laughs> and and she went off court for, I think it was 11 minutes overall, the medical timeout. They were one of these outside courts. She was gone for ages and... Tom Janovic was getting angrier and angrier. You know she does this all the time, right? (laughs) That sort of vibe. Uh, And then Tom Janovic won the match. uh, And the handshake was was interesting. There were words exchanged. Mm, I need to hear about this because I was on an emergency trip to an electrician's. What was that for? (laughs) I was trying to get the flat Billie Jean King ready. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Required the electricity. Matt, Matt, do you know what was said at the net? Yes, I watched this, and I have to say, it did not disappoint. <laughs> because basically, the match finished, and Tomjanovic didn't shake Ostapenko's hand straight away, and Ostapenko was just standing there at the net, like, "Are you going to shake my hand or what?" And they eventually did shake hands. And Ostapenko said, your behaviour is terrible, terrible. You have zero respect, to which Tomjanovic replied, quite brilliantly, I must say, you're one to talk. (laughs) 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 And then it continued in the press conference. I think Ostapenko used the word disrespectful about Tomjanovic Upwards of ten times in yes. the press conference, and and sometimes very disrespectful. Sometimes it was very yes. disrespectful. Yeah, and and there was also the quote, and and I should say, if you want the full version of what went on here, do go to at tennis podcast on Twitter because Hannah's work over the last twelve hours has been up there with Emma Raducanu on the <laughs> tennis court. I can tell you that. Um, and anyway, so uh, she she quotes um, Ostapenko here. Let me just find it. As saying, let us also enjoy the following quote from Ostapenko. If I played at least 50%, I would have beaten her. <laughs> so it's the injury. Uh, and then uh, that, is, that is taking, I just needed to be at my best to like <laughs> a whole new level, isn't it? 50%. Yeah. And then Tony. <laughs> Tom Nanovich then didn't back down in the press conference. She emphasised that it was the timing of the medical timeout that caused her to react and is very honest about how some of her previous experiences might have fed into her reaction. She also called Ostapenko's behaviour disgraceful. Um, So that was 
Magnificent. And well played Tom Nanovich, who now faces uh, Emma Raducanu on Monday. And uh, so we've got lots to look forward to. Um, what else happened today? I mentioned Coco Goff. I watched her match in commentary. Yeah, how was that? Uh, it was really good. It was really good. I, I felt a bit sorry for Kaya Yuvan just because it took her a while to get going. I felt the occasion got to her a bit, being on centre court, and she was sort of fall of down within very few minutes. Um, 11 minutes I think it was but then you started to see what sort of player she is and there's a real player there there's a somebody who uses variety and is quite an instinctive player um, but the thing that struck me above all else was the speed of Coco Goff the balls she can get to that you think are out of her reach it feels as though there is no way to hit a tennis ball that she can't reach and that must be a horrible feeling for an opponent. I mean, I think Annabelle Croft in our commentary said she shrinks the court. Wow. And, and we know certain players like Djokovic, like Murray at his very best, and, um, and at, at Halep, and actually Kerber, who's going to be the next mm. opponent of Coco Goff. Imagine that match, Catherine. Oh, I am. I have been. That, that I do. could be one of the matches of the, of the round, really. Mm. Yeah, uh, Kerber. And, and that's going to be on centre court. But, um, you know, that could be a... I can't imagine that not being a good match. No, me neither. Kerber is the only player left in the women's draw who's reached the Wimbledon final. Um, and she she had a slightly strange match today. She was 5-1 down against Sasnovich, and then it started raining. And then when they came back from the rain delay, Sasnovich managed to finish off that first set, but then barely won another game in the entire match and Kerber really seemed to have rediscovered her form from the other day. Um, I think that could be both an excellent match and also pivotal to the way this tournament looks. The winner of that has a real, real chance, I think, of, of going seriously deep. Yeah. I agree with you. Uh, Ash Barty was also in action today. She won over Katarina Siniakova, 6-3-7-5. Um, so, you know, good, another good win for her. Not, she she not looked vintage. really good. Was it? Uh, I didn't see all of it, but I thought she looked really good. Yeah, the best bits I saw, yeah. I think she stepped it up. She hasn't been at her best this tournament. She probably still isn't, but definitely... Better signs from her against a dangerous mm. opponent. This is an interesting scoreline. Two and a half hours between Barbara Krachikova and Anastasia mm. Sevastova. Seven six three six seven five. I I did watch some of that and I think we've I think we've all been waiting perhaps for the match where Krachikova hits the wall. Yeah, um, yeah. And I thought this was the one today. She was taking pills in the first set I don't think she was feeling particularly well and yet she still managed to find a way through and you're kind of thinking well if that's the match where she's had her dip and she still managed to get through it yeah look out look out how are you going to beat it you're kind of relying on her having another one I suppose um I think her against Barty to two French Open champions whose game whose games look tailor-made for grass as well, I think is fascinating. Is that next? That's in the fourth round, yeah. <gasps> Barty Krejcikova. Mm-hmm. Oh. oh, I want to watch it's that. It's not on centre court. Where is it? Court, court one. one. Court one. 
Oh, I want to watch that. Okay, I'm watching that. Um, I might be not commentating on it. I might be commentating <laughs> on something else, which might make that slightly difficult. Uh, however, we've got catch-up. Uh, I'll figure it out. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hello, tennis podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking. And I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering Tennis Podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. Um, I, I, on the men's side, I'd actually like to start with Marin Cilic against Daniel Medvedev, which, when I left it, before I went to commentate on a mixed doubles match, it was two sets to love for Marin Cilic, 7-6-6-3, and he looked fabulous. And I really was quite surprised to find out that Daniel Medvedev came back to win in five coming back I think and winning from two sets to love down for the first time in his career in those next three sets were 6-3, 6-3, Well this match was on on the telly when uh, Billie Jean and Alana arrived tonight and Medvedev had just broken in the third set and I think it was Alana Matt that said Medvedev's got this Billie Jean was saying what a fan she is of of Medvedev and, and Alana said yeah I think Medvedev's winning this and I thought wow that's an early call to sound that confident about it but lo and behold it it was you know it was like quicksand beneath uh beneath Marin Cilic and it was I mean I'm really pleased for Medvedev and my predictions <laughs> <laughs> but yes yeah, it's, it's Cilic seemed to have found something from the past this tournament um so to see it ever way was a little bit sad, I suppose. Yeah. But mm. but then, even in the past, I, I can think of a couple of two-set mm. leads he's blown mm. at Wimbledon. Um, apparently, there was a funny Medvedev incident in 
in the match where he asked the umpire if they could do something about the sun. Yes, I, I can regale you with what Hannah's had to say, which is Medvedev said, I have sun in my eyes, full sun in my eyes. Can we do something? Do something about the sun? <laughs> and then uh, and then he goes, um, this, was, this was a series of events in set five. Medvedev walks to the baseline, waves hands, jogs to umpire, demands action, read the sun, uh, jogs back to the baseline, jogs back to the chair. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I just need a cap. Jogs back to the baseline, plays one point, jogs back to the chair, removes cap and breaks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. And he won the match, did uh, Dano Medvedev. So well done him. Who's he play now? He oh. now plays Hubert Herkatch. Oh. Who beat Bublik today. And I think came into Wimbledon on a five or six match losing streak. Since yeah. Oh, it's been torrid since Miami. Since Miami's really struggled. I didn't cons- I didn't think he would be a factor here at all. And I yet he's scanned some really his good name wins. in the draw, mm-hmm. yeah. quite honestly. Yes. Okay. Very well, impressive. They will face on Monday. We'll move on to Roger Federer, who got the job done today. Six four six four five seven. 6-4 over Cameron Norrie. And I, I saw the last two sets of this. And from what I understand, Federer was awesome for two sets. And then things started to go awry. And I, I mean, Norrie being quite a big part of that. Anybody see any of that? Mm. Yes. Yes, we saw quite a lot of this one. I think I was, I was surprised, actually, by how affected Norrie seemed to be for the first two sets. I thought this would be his sort of occasion as an underdog playing against someone ranked much higher than him I'm going to say pressure's off but I suppose being on centre court as the Brit there was quite a lot of pressure and perhaps that was part of it but he seemed really off his game to me in the first couple of sets and Federer was just on cruise control you know that classic thing one break win the set and it looked like he was going to do that in the third set as well he had break points at at five all even though Norrie had started to play better I just thought Federer was going to pinch the set and, you know, it would be a very routine straight sets win against an opponent who wasn't really troubling him. But when he didn't take those break points, the atmosphere changed a little bit on centre court and Federer was made to be really unsure of himself, I felt, for a for a little period in that match. And, and Norrie played a big part in that in terms of just not going away, sticking with him, making him uncomfortable, putting doubt in his mind and getting getting the crowd up. There was a moment where, you know, Norrie really sort of orchestrated the crowd to make more noise and get behind him. And it was kind of un-Norrie-like, but he backed it up because he won that third set. And then in the fourth set, I was thinking this this could be really problematic for Federer. He seems unsure of himself. His opponent is improving as we go on. So for him to get it back, Federer, and find his tennis again and win that fourth set with some really excellent play and shot making, I think will do him a lot of good in the end to have come through a test like that. Yeah, I thought the same. I, I was, I was, I thought it was getting really dicey mm. when uh, when it, Norrie won that third set. It was all going a bit Milman, wasn't it? Yeah, John Milman, US Open, and even. 
I, I, I thought it would end up being like John Millman in the Australian Open, actually. Mm. I thought it would end oh, up being wow. a, yeah. a, a mm. nail-biting, mm. horrible experience for Federer fans, but he ends up winning and de- diminishing his canister along the way. Mm. And yet, I think he's come out of it probably in a really good place now because he's weathered that difficult patch and his shot-making has come back. And there's not that many matches in recent years where I feel like that's happened in a in a tight match where his shot making has come back and just mm. accelerated him away. Yeah, it's true. Usually, when it of late, when it's gone, it's you know by and large gone or certainly sort of hanging on for it. Yeah, for, yeah, absolutely right. Exactly what you said. I think it's nothing but positivity, really. For for Federer because that's exactly the sort of situation that he doesn't like, especially at this stage of his career. Cam Norrie's a scrapper, he's a street fighter. He's he makes it ugly. And Federer doesn't want to play ugly tennis. He doesn't want to get drawn into that. And Cameron Norrie really tried to drag him into it, and he resisted. Yeah. I think he was a bit late, Norrie, to come to the party mm. today. Uh, and some of that's Federer, some of that's his Elan playing this tennis, which you can't get down and dirty against if he's that good. But he managed it eventually, and I think he just left it a bit too late, really. Um, might learn a, two thing, a few things from that. Um, but Federer goes through. Um, we've got uh, a real disappointment that was going on Meanwhile, over on court one, following the Raducanu match, the match I think many of us have been looking forward to the most almost in that round, which was Nick Kyrgios against Felix Auger-Aliassim. Kyrgios started all jolly. He forgot his tennis shoes. He joked about it. He got his basketball shoes on. He said, oh, the one time I'm professional and I don't bring my shoes. Oh, it's all fun. And it was funny. And then he played like a dream. He won the first set 6-2. Felix looked tense. Um, and then in the second set, Kyrgios pulled the stomach muscle, tr- trailed away in the in the set, and at the end of that second set, he had to stop. And yeah, I mean, I think um, probably it's it's the inevitability of just not being match tough because of lack of training, lack of tennis. Yeah, you. I think. Yeah. I think we've seen the benefits mentally for Kyrgios of being fresh and not having played much and just, you know, in his words, being kind of a part-time tennis player. He's been in a great space, it seems, this this tournament, and and that's been great to see and watch. But physically, you can't just rock up to a Grand Slam having played no tennis for five months and expect your body to hold up, I suppose, to the rigours of it. And A bit like Australia, where they all went into quarantine for a couple of weeks and then they were all pulling stomach yeah. muscles after it. Yeah, it makes me feel really naive for everything that we, or I've said up until this point about Nick Kyrgios, which is nothing new Um, because I was totally sold on the concept of part-time tennis player Nick Kyrgios and he 
yeah, he really sold me on it, and I and I and I thought that was a really great sort of reconciliation of of everything about Nick Kyrgios, but I and a way for him to be a professional tennis player and for us to understand him as a and appreciate him as a professional tennis player without being frustrated with him all the time. But I had done tennis a disservice in that assessment and just what a demanding, high-octane sport it is on a physical level and how fine the margins are and how you just can't get away with being no matter what your talent level, out of shape and out of practice. And as much as I love the dream of part-time tennis player Nick Kyrgios that rocks up at a Grand Slam and has a run and has magical moments, ending it in that way does detract from the magic of the moments that precede it, I think. Oh, sure. Yeah. I do think there probably is a balance to be found, though, I mean, he's he's not really been a part-time tennis player this year. He's been a no-time mm-hmm, tennis true. player. I think he could do that with just a few more tournaments sprinkled in. Are you telling me my dream might I'm, I'm might still reviving be alive. it for you, Catherine. Thank you it's very not, much. It's not dead yet. <laughs> we, we, we've, we're going to have an endless quest for the balance that you okay. are seeking until he stops playing altogether. Great. Because um, I, because I'm okay with him not you know trying to be world number 1 and oh, win, yeah. mm. win slams and do this thing week in week out. You know, I know some people get so frustrated with, you know, he owes it to his talent and everything and I, and I do understand that, but I personally am okay with that. Yeah, I th- and I think a lot of people are really that are curious optimists. Um but Almost in unison, our guests tonight, Billie Jean King and Alana Kloss, <laughs> I'm going to keep saying that, um, said, but you have to pay the price. Yeah. In training and getting ready physically for this stuff, you have to pay the price. You can't just take shortcuts if you want to succeed. It's not just about, okay, you might be all right with not ending up world number one or winning multiple. Th- if you want to yeah. win any of them, you can't just blag it, yeah. No matter how good you are, yeah. I mean, I, th- this is this is the most uh, pitiful um, example and comparison. But um, I have a rehab regime at the moment um, from my physio, um, who works with a lot of tennis players, and it's half an hour a day, and. It makes me want to cry. It's so... It, it Yeah, it just makes me think, maybe I'll just sort of get a wheelchair. <laughs> like it's, you know, it's only half an hour a day, but it's, it, it's a glimpse into that paying the price. It's mm. a glimpse into what Andy Murray's putting himself through for hours a day just to have the chance to compete on centre court. It's... Mm. Yeah, some you know, the turns of phrase like that are you hear them a lot, and just to have sort of a a glimpse into first hand experience of it is is quite something. The way they say it, though, mm. and because of who they are, particularly Billie Jean King, you know, you just you know instantly yeah. that that is a, a real live thing that we have to take seriously. There, there's a woman that's done 
single leg squats. Oh, yeah. Um, Matteo Berrettini, straight sets winner over Alias Bedanet. And from I saw him briefly afterwards, um, just walking by, and he just sort of. I didn't have a chat. I don't know him. <laughs> I just saw him. But he looked happier than he did the previous round, where it was all about relief when he when he got past um, Mr. Botic van der Zanschlup. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm going to keep having a go at. Um, Alexander Zverev beats Taylor Fritz in four sets, coming back from a set down. I mean, Fritz won a set in that. Yeah, he was in a, he was in a surgery three weeks ago. I mean... How's he managed that? I'm so confused by how he's done this. <laughs> I, I don't understand Taylor Fritz's career at all, really. And this is just another chapter yeah, of that misunderstanding. Totally, totally. And Zverev now plays Orzhali Asim. And he has a really good record mm. against Orzhali Asim. He's, he's barely dropped games, let alone sets in their two or three matches so far. And, and that's... That's a record that Auger Eliassime could do with mm. curtailing. Because they're going to play. Because they are going to keep playing and you. those records can get away from you. I think Felix has got to play a lot, lot better than he's yeah. playing right now if he's going to so do that. I think so too. He, he doesn't look well, when that it was good a match, to me. When it was a match against Kyrgios before the injury, he was comprehensively outplayed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was. Okay, well, I think that that's uh, um, a review of the day. Uh, I mentioned... Darling the Dan, uh, and I feel like a the sh- Dan. You know, I, sh- I feel like Let, a. Sh- d- let's lead, leave roads to Darla Daniel open, <laughs> please. Okay, well we'll dial this Dan that we know uh, for now, even though he's out the tournament. Um, and yeah, I mean, look, he 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 makes no bones about it. He was comprehensively beaten in the end. I mean, although he, he he led that fourth set, did Evans, and I think that there are probably a few regrets there. I think generally he just feels like he didn't play what he the way he could play. Um, but it's it, it's a special player in prospect, I think, anyway, that beat him in Seb Corder, and, I, and we, we talked about that. But one of the things that I wanted to know was where do you sleep? well after a match like that you know and 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 what frame of mind you're in the next morning when you wake up no i slept fine uh so tired after the match um overriding feeling this morning so i've got a hell of a lot of packing to do a hell of a lot and 25 minutes to do it in so there we are mm. i'll you, your follow-up question to that was absolutely not the follow-up question that I would have asked, which was, why the urgent time limit? Well, I think... He, I mean, he, he, I said to him afterwards, where are you going? Well, obviously home. Uh, yeah, I know, but... You didn't ask about the, 20, the sort of... Well, he, he, said, he said you don't want to be bouncing around the tennis tournament after you've just lost. Okay, you, you sure. You just want to become a non-tennis player. What's the difference between 25 and 45? I think he booked a car. <laughs> right, And then okay. he'd not, he'd not okay. given himself enough time to, <laughs> right, okay. to, to catch it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I had 25 minutes to pack, I would not be doing voice notes with you, David. <laughs> well, they're quite appealing. Let's be honest. It, it, I do them in the car afterwards. Just on, the, um, on a packing tangent, that was one of the really charming... Uh, lines mm. that Emma Raducanu had after when she said she was packing for the tournament obviously to go into a bubble and her parents remarked that she had packed an op- optimistic number of match kits <laughs> 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 and they said oh that's too many <laughs> brilliant 
Oh, that's marvellous. Okay, well, let's just have a little look at the order of play for, wait for it, Monday, because we've got the day off tomorrow. Overwhelming Monday is what we're calling it. Yes. Too much Monday. Too much Monday. Matches that shouldn't be on court three being on court three yes. Monday. Yeah, and there is some disappointment, I think, at some of the assignments. There always is. I think, you know, you're always going to get arguments anyway about this particular day because there are too many matches for the for the number of show courts they've got. But it is a bit of a blow, I think, to see, once again, the men's matches dominating, really, uh, on on the three show courts overall. Uh, I'll, I'll read out the order of play to you. Uh, it starts at one thirty on centre court, Novak Djokovic against Christian Garin. Uh, then it's Coco Goff against Angelique Kerber, which... I mean, if if it lives up to to its potential, it could be one we're talking about for many years to come. Um, Roger Federer against Lorenzo Sonigo is after that. Um, And then over on court one, it starts with Ash Barty against Barbora Krishikova, which is is one I very much want to see. Uh, Felix Auger-Aliassime against Alexander Zverev follows that. Then it's Emma Raducanu against... uh, Ayla Tomljanovic, which I am a bit surprised isn't on centre court. Catherine, are you, are you not? Well, just because to put of the that story. on, I, I don't. I just don't think they were ever contemplating not putting Federer and Djokovic on centre. Um, I think their starting point for decision making was probably was which one women's match are we putting on centre? I do disagree with that. I think that they should have put Federer on court one. I'm, I'm not arguing that. I'm saying that was their starting. No, I, I agree. With you. I, 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 that, that's, I, that's what I, I would have think, done. I think no. I think putting Federer on court one this year hasn't been an option because I, I, I suspect they're prob- This is not from any intelligence at all. This is probably how I would be thinking if I were remember someone on the at the All England club responsible for scheduling. This could well be his last Wimbledon, and you don't want him playing his last match on court number one, and there have been no guarantees in any round about Roger Federer. So I think they're taking no risks with Roger Mm. Federer. Djokovic, they've scheduled him once on court number one, and it was absolutely the right decision to do so yesterday with his match against Kudler. And I think they think that's the limit. I I think both of those matches could could and possibly should be on court number one. Uh, Djokovic, Garin, Federer, Sonigo. I think it would be wrong to give Djokovic two matches on court one if you've not given any to Federer. I think that would be wrong. I agree. I agree about the balance, but just those two individual matches, absolutely no reason why no. either yeah. can't be on court either or both can't be on court one. Yeah. It comes down to this thing of when scheduling gets complicated and there are understandable reasons why it's complicated, in tennis it's always the women that mm. get shunted. That's yeah. it. There, there are understandable reasons. There are, there are justifications. But as as you say, when the going gets tough, it's the women that get going. Number two court, Igish Fiontek against Lonz Jabeur. I mean, I hate Manic Monday. Me too. We Me don't too. get to see so many matches. Mm-hmm. And look, at least Wimbledon has understood it. And I know some people say, well, I love it. I go watch them all. Well, fine. Okay, that's up to you. I don't. Um, I'm looking forward to next year when these matches are spread over two days. And okay, I'm going to be a mess. (laughs) 
<laughs> trying to <laughs> not having my day off in the middle, but that doesn't matter. I want to see Igor Fiondek against Ons Jaber. I want to see Barbora Krejcikova against Ash Barty. They're both at the same time, and I can't watch them all. Um, and then there's Martin Fucevic against Andrei Rublev. There's Hubert Herkacz against Daniel Medvedev. Number three court is uh, Elena Rybakina against Irina Sabalenka. Uh, Denis Shapovalov against Roberto Baudistro-Gut. Um, doubles, doubles, doubles. Nick Kyrgios and Venus Williams are in supposed mixed doubles oh, action. Yeah. That's a big, big, big if. Big if. Kyrgios was said in was already in dressing impressed the prospects of having to tell Venus. Yeah. That. I mean, look, he can't play mixed doubles after what happened today. I don't think. I think it'd be wrong. Underarm serve your way through. Matteo Berrettini against um, Ivashka of Belarus. That might be the only way that doubles could get cooler. <laughs> Karolina Pliskova against um, Ludmila Samsonova uh, of Russia. Paola Bedosa against Karolina Mugova. I want to watch that as well. What court's that on? Court number 28. Um, 12. Court 12. Court 18. Karen Hatchinov against Seb Korda. Madison Keys against Victoria Golubic. Okay, well, this needs to change. It is going to change. It's going to change next year. So, um, thank you to everybody for listening. Thank you to Billie Jean King and Alana Kloss for coming and visiting us and helping England to win. We are currently watching the highlights for the fourth time <laughs> on a loop Not in an a row. And it's 4 0 still. Uh, and it's all because Billie Jean King and Alana Kloss came over and visited. So, we are campaigning for them to return <laughs> for the next match <laughs> but it was an absolute treat it was a, it was to a have hoot them here. um and catherine and matt were perfect hosts and i just swanned in halfway through and ate all the food and drank all the beer <laughs> it's just great and enjoyed the conversation um and we are executive produced by chris albert lee uh individual mascots are rogue for myself and we got ourselves a nice 25 points for Emma Raducanu doing the business today. Uh, Matt is sponsored by the lovely Scouser Marcel. Catherine is sponsored mm. by um, the wonderful Zeus. He might want to be distancing himself from me, frankly. <laughs> Billy Jean has been hanging out with Billy Jean <laughs> yeah. together tonight. Content available via our social channels. Oh, yes. It's coming your way. Uh, get on the newsletter. If you haven't signed up already, go down in the show notes on your phone right now. You can sign up to the newsletter. You can support the tennis podcast if you'd like. Um, Mocker. Mocker. Mocker is our mascot for Wimbledon. And Mocker's a belter. We've got a picture of Mocker on our Instagram mm. channels, thanks to Catherine, who's looking after Instagram this fortnight. Um, and uh, I, I think we might even have a shout-out or two, Matt. Always. We have Lindsay Maxwell. All right, Lindsay. Hello, Lindsay. Marvellous name. Like Lindsay Vaughn and... Lindsay Davenport. Lindsay Davenport, yes. Lindsay Vaughn's a skier, right? Skier, yes. yes. I went Great skier. I went sport. Yeah. Just not tennis. Yes. Yeah. Very good. We have Jeremy Matum. Right, Jeremy. Oh. Like Bates. Bates. Yeah. yeah, we both went Bates there. Well, I was going to go Shardy. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the days? No, you don't remember the days. You, you weren't alive, Matt, when Jeremy Bates was knocking around going to the fourth round. Oh, well. 
Those are the days. Hey, he's coaching him around a car new Big, now. It's been a big week for Big him. week for Jeremy. Part of the team, yeah. Part of the team. And Nigel Sears up there in the box. Mm. Cool. Yeah. Um, right, who else? And we have Val Chisholm. Like Correct. Melanie Chisholm. Who's that? Mel C from the Spice Girls. Oh, is it? Oh. Yeah. I never knew that. And that's How many years have I been thinking that C was a full surname? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Val C, Mel C. Brilliant. So thank you to Val, to Lindsay, to... Jeremy. Jeremy. <laughs> I, I've remembered you. Uh, we're, we're hugely appreciative for all your support because, frankly, you know, we're sat here at well after midnight. Um, and, uh, and the reason we do it is because you all listen and because you've supported us. And it's, it's worth, worth it. What can I say? We love it. Um, but uh, we, we really appreciate it. So we'll be back with more of this stuff for several more days after Middle Sunday at Wimbledon. But for now, I'm going to bed. See you on Monday. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.